what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. Uh, just watched that Detroit Pistons game, and the Warriors just basically dropped the hammer on them. Uh, beat them by a ton. They were up by a 35 at one point. This is good. This is an example of beating the teams you're supposed to beat. It'd be nice if the Warriors played the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Detroit Pistons all the time. Then we'd probably have a really good record. But even though the uh, Pistons had a couple nice wins on their end this past week, uh, they are one of the worst teams in the league. And if you're going to get to some semblance of consistency, then the Warriors need to beat these teams up. And at least they did that. We're in this for the long game, right? Every team is having its struggles this year, it seems like. A lot of teams are underachieving, except for maybe like the Lakers and the Clippers and a couple of the other top contenders. A lot of teams are having some kind of problems, whether it's the scheduling, whether it's the back-to-backs, whether it's just missing games because of COVID and stuff like that, there's a lot of just weirdness happening. So if you look at the Warriors, they're not just an isolated incident. Other teams are going through this, right? Other teams are underachieving, playing subpar, focusing in-house. Consistency is the key because I don't know, I'm in it for the long game. I'm not in it for week to week, game to game, complaining about this, that, or the other. What was so bad about the Phoenix game was just the poor effort. It's okay to lose a game to another team. But if it's clear the effort isn't there, then you're taking a step backwards in terms of that consistency. But tonight, the Warriors looked good. They had good flow. And that was kind of just a nice, enjoyable game to watch. You're like, oh, they got this game. They're playing with joy, all this stuff. And they looked like they were having fun out there. Draymond, in his post-game interview, said he's getting closer to being his peak self, getting into peak condition. So that's good. The question of whether or not he's washed or whether or not his stats being so, you know, being all pretty much in single digits in terms of points, rebounds, assists, all that stuff in terms of his averages, that's fine with me as long as he's bringing all that other stuff, right? We'll see where we are. This was their 20th game, I think. And we always said, how will they look after 20 or 30 games? And okay, It's still hard to tell, right? They lost that game to the Suns, and now they whoop the hell out of the Pistons. So they look good in game 20, but in game 19, not so much. Again, playing the long game, we're not going to win the title this year. I'm looking towards like building this foundation, getting as far as we can, maybe playing spoiler into the playoffs. I don't know, but if you're a real longtime Warriors fan, Hey, you know, like once Clay went down, you knew they weren't going to win the title this year. And all of a sudden you're looking at the calendar for next year and you're looking at what young players can they bring along? How much can they develop James Wiseman? Will they get the Minnesota pick and who can they get from there? Andrew Wiggins, that dude is, I mean, I'm pretty impressed. He is pretty consistent on his end. Honestly, when he shoots his threes now, I expect them to go in, you know, beginning of the season, I'd be like, oh, this guy is not Clay Thompson because you'll kick it to him on a fast break on the wing. And you're like, this is not going in. But now you give it to Wiggins beyond the arc. I'm like, that's going down. So perception alone, at least for me, I think he's playing really, really well. 
And I think he's solid. And even though he's not worth $30 million, and even though Minnesota fans keep saying, oh, you'll see, he's going to drop off. His effort is going to drop off. I like him. And I don't think he'll drop off because he knows his role. He executes these things and he doesn't have to lead a team as a number one perimeter scoring option. Then you're good. You know, it's all just effort. He doesn't have to score 25 points a game. He just has to bring the effort. And I think in this environment and this Warriors culture, that's not a difficult thing to do when you are motivated. And there's clearly motivation. He's surrounded by it. Jordan Poole, he's going off to the G League bubble in Orlando with my man Nico Mannion and Alan Smilegeach. And Poole had a good game. He hit a few three-pointers and he played active, you know, all that stuff. You know, Jordan Poole, throughout his time, hasn't really shown a great skill. He's supposed to be a shooter, hasn't been consistent. He's supposed to be pretty good as a, a, a point guard. They're trying to give him more lead guard duties and hasn't really excelled in that. So, you know, I want to see the guy succeed. I want him to come back and compete with Mulder, compete with Wanamaker, compete with Damian Lee for those spots as either a shooter or a off the bench ball handler. But I mean, the dude has to just get those reps. And I think this is a good thing for him. You know, someone like Mulder, someone like Lee, you know, what what's there, you know, Mulder, like another young dude, I guess they could have sent him down, but pool probably has a higher ceiling. Right. And they know that he needs to get the time. He needs to really compete on a consistent nightly basis and gain some confidence and just get those reps and then come back and show what he can do. So good luck to him. And hopefully they do the big league club proud. James Wiseman had a solid game. He actually got nine rebounds in limited minutes. So I'm very happy with that. I was always one of my big gripes. If he can consistently do that, he can help the team so much more. You know, the team is so relatively small in terms of the center position with Looney and Pascal that they need as much rebounding as possible. And if he can bring that, I mean, that's going to just be exponentially helpful. Wiseman had a couple nice, uh, you know, low post moves. He has that kind of spin drop step move to his left hand, which I think he hit a couple times and that's great. You know, I'm glad that he's trying that out. I mean, ideally you can see, that this guy can score at all three levels. He get three, he could hit mid-range shots, and he can take it to the basket, face up, or back to the basket, right? Like, those are the things that he needs to polish and get better with. He's the main reason I get super excited to watch these games because when you have potential like that, you just know that you're going to see these crazy flashes of things. And even something as relatively simple as a you know, back to the basket, drop step, move, baby hook, or whatever you want to call it. You're like, wow, wow. <laughs> I mean, to put that in perspective, could you imagine Damian Jones doing that? Festus Azili doing that? I mean, going a little further back, <laughs> Patrick O'Brien, Andres Bedrins, uh, and even further back, Big Vic Alexander <laughs> or uh, Uwe Blob. <laughs> That was super encouraging and, again, you know, solid building on one game, building to the next, building from week to week because I'm excited about him and the Warriors' future. I mean, like I said earlier, building for next season. 
And I got to say, Vu Bang and I recorded an episode talking about James Wiseman and Bradley Beal, all this potential trade talk. And <laughs> I'm not down for it. You should listen to it. It's coming out tomorrow. We go further into detail about how we feel about it. But I will just say that me, like, I don't want them to trade James Wiseman for Bradley Beal for a couple reasons. For one, it's like the Warriors have always, always, always talked about being like Spursian, like the San Antonio Spurs having this long dynasty. And they've been gifted James Wiseman. And there's a 60% chance pretty much, as long as the Timberwolves finish in the bottom three, they have like a 60% chance of getting another piece in Minnesota's pick. You know, that could be Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga. I don't know. Any one of those dudes would be a huge, huge step towards bridging from the first dynasty to potentially extending it, actually. <laughs> and after we recorded, Vu Bang reminded me that as Warriors fans, we've wanted a dominant center for as long as we can remember. And now we potentially have one. And it looks like we probably will in James Wiseman. And you're going to give that away? I mean, Bradley Beal is a great player, right? He's averaging 35 points, but he's not James Harden. He could take pressure off of Steph, but the dude is 6'3". You lose so much on the defensive end. You lose so much in terms of just size. And Bradley Beal is not the difference maker. He's not KD. He's not going to all of a sudden be like, oh, okay, the Warriors are better than the Clippers. They're better than the Lakers. They're better than the Bucks. They're better than the Sixers. They're better than the Nets. If it was for like a KD type player, then that's a whole nother story. And in terms of like the window, Steph's window wasting a year, it was wasted when Clay went down. So don't waste the tail end of his career because that's instantly happening once you get rid of Wiseman and once you get rid of that Minnesota pick. It's the long game. You know, it's always been the long game. <laughs> For me, like even in the 90s, it was a long game. <laughs> Beal's a complimentary star. Anyway, listen to the episode where Vu Bang and I hashed this out. Uh, <laughs> I get pretty in my feelings on that. Clay, Clay Thompson on the broadcast, always good to see him. Uh, know that he's doing okay and everything. Uh, that dude is straight up entertaining. And that shit he was talking on the broadcast when Rodney Magruder at the end of the game uh, came over to the Warriors bench. I mean, that was just, that was funny. And on that note, um, just got to say, man, Blake Griffin looks like he's 80 years old out there, man. Like he looks like he just does not enjoy playing basketball. He doesn't care. He doesn't try. I mean, I can't blame him. The Pistons are God awful. And I know he's dealt with injuries, but man, that dude looks like he's mailed it in. And what was that random trade rumor of somebody, I think Pistons fans maybe generated this one of trading Blake Griffin and their pick for the number two pick before the draft. Yikes. Ugh. And it's too bad. I, I was surprised when all these teams passed on Tyrese Halliburton, but especially the Pistons because they needed a lead guard. And Halliburton is, you know, a bit of a combo guard, but he can definitely lead a team in, in this modern era. Killian Hayes had a lot of hype around him from, you know, the athletic, from the ringer. And it sucks that he has that bad hip injury and he's out for like months, right? So the the book is out. You know, you can't really make a judgment on that. But, you know, if they had Halliburton, Sadiq Bey, and Isaiah Stewart, I mean, that's a very, very, very solid, solid draft. 
and they could look to the future with that. With Hayes, I mean, he was coming off of a very, very slow start before he got injured. I'm glad they put him right in the lineup, but I don't know how bad the hip injury is. Those never seem to be good injuries. I mean, Warriors fans' experience with hip injuries, just look at Kevon Looney, right? And um, hopefully it's not that bad. We'll see. I mean, Hayes is missing a lot of development time right now. Hopefully he's watching and studying a lot and getting used to being in the NBA because he's going to be really, really behind. Anyway, Boston Celtics are up next. I think Marcus Smart is out for a while. It looks like he hurt himself. Hopefully not too bad. But uh, that game in San Francisco is definitely winnable. The Celtics are one of those teams that have been up and down. Um, the record is similar to the Warriors, I think. And obviously, they're a team that a lot of people thought would be coming out of the East. It's a winnable game, and that would be another step towards consistency if the Warriors were able to win that one. So we shall see. All right, I'm out of here. Don't forget to subscribe to the Oakland Warriors podcast wherever you get your podcasts and check me out on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to share this podcast with all of your Warrior fan friends. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs.